You're listening to Encore, up close and personal with up-and-coming artists. Discover, connect, and learn with all of us at Weave. One, two, testing, one, two, three. Starting now. Days of LimeWire, Walkmans, and Chart Toppers by TLC, Lou Bega, and Cher? Pacific Northwest-born hip-hop artist JT Pender does. But it goes beyond memories of burning CDs for friends. That's where his career took off. But a lot has changed since 1999, and so has JT. What with a name change, a career pivot, a move to San Diego, and a brand new baby boy. We sat down with JT to talk about the highs and lows of the music industry, what success means to him, and the one thing we can always depend on, change. So my family is basically, they were all musicians around, around me growing up. I grew up with a studio in our house, our uh, our garage was converted into a full-on studio with reel-to-reels and, and you know, every instrument and, and drum sets. And so I, I had always been around music. My mom was a singer. My dad was a bass player. My brother was into digital production, and 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 he had a group that was like uh, called Easy Money. Way way back, like when I was like seven, I think, or six. So I've always been around music, and it, it's always been something that's influenced me. And, and my mom has always said that I always responded to music. Um, but it was about when I was 14 or 15 uh, that I, I started doing music on my own, just uh, making beats. And that was on a, you know, when computer music production was just like just getting started. Um, so um, then, then soon after that, I think it took me like a year. I'd say 14, I started making beats, and then it took me about a year, year and a half, and then I put out my first album. When I, we were burning off our own CDs, selling them at school, and uh, that was like back when I, you know, it was like it was so hard to get anything done, printing labels or, or getting anything, you know, pressed. It was just difficult. It was just everything was new. But um, the craziest thing was, you know, I'd hand out, I'd have like, you know, 50, 60 CDs, and I'd hand them out to to, to my boys, and then they would go and they would bring back 600 or 700 dollars every three or four days. Blew my mind. I was like. And that's when I realized, like, dang, this is like, this is, this could be serious. I actually, I thought it was like that all the time. I'm like, yeah, you know, I rap, uh, I produce, so I must be, you know, they must be like that, you know. And I think our first show we did, the very first show I did, uh, was in my hometown of Port Angeles, and it was like, it was packed. I think it was sold out, and it was like, you know, I think I split with my team, my DJ, and everybody. I was splitting money that high school kids shouldn't be usually don't touch on and i thought it was normal and it took me about a couple years into when i was in college to realize man that's not but working in the music industry isn't always sold out shows and raking in money and sometimes you have to change your idea of success and that's exactly what jt has done it's like a question anybody that does anything that tries to have a career asks themselves what do they want to do with their life right Mm -hmm. and um for me i started to realize that you know, hip hip hop in particular is really bad about the materialism, and, and there's a reason for it. Like when you know, I grew up poor. My family is poor growing up, and I know it motivated my brother and me to say, "Hey, we never want to be poor again." 
we don't want to come from that. We don't want to struggle like that. That's what our parents went through. Um, and the first thing you do when you're when you come from that type of background is you have these insecurities about people that have money, more money than you versus you, and do you deserve to have a place at the table when you're trying to do something? So hip hop, I think, you know, people coming from certain backgrounds, especially when it, you know, obviously this isn't 100 percent all the time. A lot of it's just garbage, but a lot of people they're gonna when they get money, they're gonna talk about how they got money. That's what's going to happen. That's just, it's a cultural thing. But I think we're at a point where there's segments of hip hop where there's a different dialogue going on right now, you know, where people have got there and they're switching that dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, to define success, it's changed that I'm older, you know. Um, I just had on Facebook some lady that could barely speak English like two two months ago. I was really, I was trying to understand. First, I thought it was just a spam message that came to me. And then I read it. It was a lady from Brazil, I, be- I believe. And she was saying, uh, my video got it made. She was like, thank you so much for sharing your video and for making your video. She's like, you look like, and, and the words were very, very broken, but it literally made me tear up. She said, you look like my husband who passed away uh, last year. You remind me of him, and I wish we could go on a date like that again. And she's like, the video brought back memories because the beach, the beach scenes reminded her of back in Brazil. Wow. And, she, and she said, thank you so much. You you brought me some happiness. And I just like stopped, like, you know, here I am trying to market, trying to get my music out. And I'm getting so sociopathic about just getting it out that I'm forgetting the point of why I do music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Like that song I made about, you know, my wife and like us being together for as long as we have and how, I feel like she's had my back through everything, but I'm busy just trying to market the video. I'm getting disconnected, and then I get a message like that, and it's like, man, that is just, it makes me realize everything I say, for me, success is, I've already found some success in it, um, but I know that I need to find the other side of it. You know, you can't you can't ignore the other side, which is you have to get out there. You have to have exposure. You have to have, you have to earn a following of real fans that really appreciate your message, you know, and you have mm-hmm. to reach those fans so that they can repeat that message. Um, and so I don't see success necessarily as having the Bentleys and being at the strip club and put, you know, I, my son is five weeks old. I, you know, I don't think I could see myself, you know, at the strip club every weekend, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. throwing money around and saying, now I'm successful. You know, success to me is just trying to be a, a good father, trying to put a message out there and still trying to be me, trying to have fun with it, you know, um, so that, you know, for right now I think I'm on the right path of just doing what I want to do. And like I said, music, it's like, you know, my breath of oxygen every day, but for me to be able to affect other people in a positive way and to do it on a larger scale. And like I said, the negative things are going to be there, but for me to maintain who I am and take care of my family and still do what I, I love that to me, that's my milestone of success. JT is also an independent artist, so we want to get his take on what it's been like and how it's changed the last 15 years of his career. Production style, with having like a million dollar studio in a in a MacBook Pro, and being able to set up and just having a little bit of knowledge and being able to record pro recordings at home, it's changed the the, the game really. So, um, being signed used to mean that you had the best equipment, you had a label. 
you got a you got an advance, and then when you got your music, you got you had a whole team around you that was, you know, you and it still is this way, but uh, you have songwriters and record producers, and then you have your PR people, and then you have everybody has their hands in in the pot, right? And um, I think that now you hear a lot about, like, I remember, like, uh, I was at a, a ASCAP seminar, and Boy Wonder, Drake's, uh, one of Drake's main producers was there, and he was talking about how he made um, one of Drake's early beats that went platinum on Fruity Loops with a laptop on his keyboard with no no instruments whatsoever. I said, I'm high, and she high too. I know she like me, I like her too. Baby, don't mind me, I'm just glad I found you, girl. I can't lie, babe. And of course, we had to ask what the best advice he ever got was. Do not quit your day job. And that that was like you need money to function, and you need to you need to you need to have a focus. But you know, he said back, back in the day he was he was doing all kinds of crazy stuff to support his rap career. And he said he said don't quit your day job. And I and I've taken that. Um, you'll know when to leave, or you'll know you'll know when to shift gears. But to me, that resonated with me. And you can see where he's at. He's still doing he's still doing things. So. And his advice to aspiring artists? You can't, you can't have dollar signs in your eyes. So any time anybody, somebody offers you something in the music business, um, you really, really filter it and look at it. You're not going to need someone to blow you up. You'll blow yourself up. Because the feeling is so, so good. Baby, no, I won't it. Because the feeling is so, so good. The biggest shift in JT's sound has been in his last two albums, No Apologies and Affirmations. JT talked to us about what that shift entailed. The first album I released under the JT Pender name was No Apologies, and I think that was 2014. No Apologies is based off of a quote from uh, Napoleon Hill, and he's saying, um, it was success requires no apologies, failure permits no alibis. And that quote really stuck with me, that if you work hard, like I say, you work hard, but people aren't looking he become successful. And then it was Affirmations in 2000, early this year, actually. I actually recorded, I actually had those two albums coming already. So I was working on No Apologies, and I finished it, and I was mixing it. And, you know, because I mix, master, and do, I mean, do, I do everything from A to Z on it. And one week, I took off for a vacation, and while I was working on No Apologies back in the end of 2013, early 2014, um, I ended up recording affirmations. I just had, like, a creative streak, and I recorded affirmations, like, all but, like, two tracks on that in, like, seven days. Wow. So I actually had both of those albums sitting for two years. No Apologies has been sitting for, like, three, two years, working on it, you know, here and there. And then just been perfect. And then I had affirmations done in like seven days, most of it. So it had been sitting there, and uh, and I knew it was I knew it was hot. I knew it was a, the album I wanted to be. It was different. I said I'm high, and she high 
JT may be hustling, but he's also doing what he loves. Sounds like to me, he's got it made. The best things in life is priceless. I'm the last one to get mushy on the wife bed. You and me, but down since I was trifling. All I ever wanted was some green and some nice kicks. Hustler, I had my own back. I was less about love than more about like the Like you heard on today's show, learn more, listen, and support JT at jtpender.com. And be sure to check out his weave at www.weave.me. I'm JT Pender. Weave on.